Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, August 13th. Today on the show, Josh Heupel reacts to his team's first scrimmage. VandySports.com's Chris Lee gives us a report from Commodore Camp. Nashville SC tries to wipe that bad taste out of their mouth this weekend, but we begin with what to watch in the Titans' first preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons on Friday night. How many of you make really large decisions, especially large financial decisions, without all of the information? I don't understand people that don't want all of the information. I want probably too much information, probably read too many reviews, and it, but I want all of the information. And if you're about to make a huge decision with your home, a major remodel, a custom build, a new addition, you got to have all the information to make the right decision for your family and for your home. This is where the Kingston Group comes in. Their process is trustworthy because they lay out all of the information for you on the front end. You get all the details, you get the cost, you get the budget, the timeline, you get it all on the front end and they deliver on the back end. Go check out the website, buildkg.com. Make sure you make decisions with all of the information. Let the Kingston Group provide that for you, buildkg.com. The Titans' first preseason game in over two years will take place in Atlanta against the Falcons Friday night at 6 p.m., and it is not going to be pretty football, but my God, will it be wonderful to watch. We already know that the vast majority of the star players probably will not play. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffel, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Denico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Caleb Farley, Kevin Byard, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Jayon Brown probably won't play. Hell, I wouldn't even put Brett Kern out there. John Robinson and the coaching staff will get to evaluate a lot of moving pieces for the first time in real action. So what players and positions do you need to pay particularly close attention to? A lot of these are going to be obvious. On offense, it's the offensive line and the wide receivers. Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers have been excellent in camp, and as I've said many times on this show, are just a few good plays away in a preseason game from clinching roster spots as the fourth and fifth wideouts. Des Fitzpatrick will make the team as a fourth-round pick. Racy McMath also has a chance to earn a spot as well. Those four will be under the spotlight on Friday night, along with Nick Westbrook-Akine, Cam Batson, and Mason Kinsey as well. Along the offensive line, the starting right tackle job is up for grabs. The interior of the offensive line has major question marks. We know that Mike Vrabel wants to see rookie second-round pick Dylan Radens get some significant reps. And tackles Ty Sambrello and David Quisenberry are virtual locks to be in the rotation, if healthy. But basically every other offensive line spot is up for grabs at this point. Let's see what they can do. It's also why you don't start any of your best players, by the way. They will be playing behind a second-string Titans line that has looked highly questionable in camp for three weeks. What about the kicker? Who's going to be the kicker? Tucker McCann and Sam Ficken have been battling it out, with Ficken probably slightly ahead entering the first preseason game. I'd hope and expect that Vrabel will give as many possible chances to both players on Friday night. Neither was great on Wednesday's practice, and Steven Goskowski is still just sitting in his house in Nashville waiting on a phone call. So let's see what they can do. Linebacker's the biggest one to watch on defense, both inside and out. Dupree, Brown, Landry, Rashawn Evans, and David Long are proven commodities and have either starting spots or rotational spots locked up. But rookies Rashad Weaver and Monty Rice have a lot to prove. Derek Roberson and John Simon are solid, if unspectacular, depth pieces right now on the outside. So the question becomes, will anyone step up at either position? Jan Johnson and B.J. Bello are two to watch inside, along with Rice, while Wyatt Ray and Ola Adenihy will push Simon and Roberson for playing time. 
Otherwise, the top six corners are pretty set. The top four safeties seem set. The top four to five defensive linemen seem set as well. Lastly, keep an eye on punt returning duties. If Rodgers or Batson or Kinsey make some big plays there, it could shift their chances of making the team as well. This is the Olympic qualifying portion of NFL football. There are 40 or 50 guys fighting for maybe 8 to 10 spots, and entire careers can be made or broken with one drive or one play in a preseason game. The football will be ugly on Friday night, but the drama should be spectacular. The Vanderbilt Commodores are inching closer to their season opener just a couple of weeks away, so we bring in Chris Lee of VandySports.com to give us a camp update on the Vanderbilt Commodores, and we begin with what makes a Clark Lee camp and practice different than a Derek Mason-led camp or practice? Well, let's start with who one of Clark's closest friends is, and it's Tim Corbin. And if you've ever seen a Tim Corbin practice, it is very regimented. It's very purposeful. They don't waste a lot of time getting from here to there. I see a lot of that influence. I think the second thing that stands out, Braden, is they get to things Again, very quickly from one thing to the next, but I think they also run through things crisply. You expect to go to the first week of a fall camp and see somebody not knowing what their assignment is or they're having to call a, a timeout because someone's not lined up right. That, to me, is very noticeable. It seems like they all know what they're supposed to be doing. And the third thing is I think they're in good shape. You don't see a lot of hands on the hips. I think that in terms of what they can control – and the talent's going to be an issue, right, for reasons we all know. But I think in terms of what they can, can control and how they approach practice, I've been pretty impressed so far. From sort of like a unexpected standpoint, what, what, what positions have surprised you either positively or, or negatively where you can look at it and say, all right, I think that group's going to be better than I thought, but I have a little bit more concern about that group? Well, the one we talk about a lot is receivers. I think that they've got some really good options. I don't know that there's an all-SEC receiver in that bunch, but I think they might have six, seven, maybe eight who can play at some level. That always helps uh, in an era where passing is king. I think that I'm watching the offensive and defensive lines closely, and I don't know how I feel about this yet because one practice, one unit looks good and, and the other doesn't, and, and you know how those things go. It's hard to say, well, the offensive line looks great. Well, what's that mean about the defensive line? So I, I don't know that I have my answer on that yet because I want to watch that, but those are two bunches that I'm watching really closely to see how individuals develop within both those units. Have your personal expectations changed for the team pre-camp and and what you think you're going to feel at the start of the season in, in three weeks? You know, my number on wins all along has been three, and I don't know that I would change that yet, but I will say I'm impressed with the coaching staff's approach. Again, I do think that talent is going to dictate a lot of things, and I'm just not sure they've got enough team speed, especially on defense. But it does seem like they pursue the ball better and do a lot of things really well on that end. Uh, so I, I think maybe given how efficient they've been, you know, if they won four this year, I don't know that it'd be as shocked as say I was a month ago. It's still going to be an uphill climb, but I think in terms of what I see out of the coaching staff and what it is getting out of players, I, I think there's a little bit more possibility for upside, and it's not a huge upside, but more than I would have thought before I went into fall camp. The Tennessee Volunteers had their first scrimmage on Thursday in Neyland Stadium. Brian Maurer, it, it appears, will be leaving the program at some point in the very near future, and so just three guys took snaps, Joe Milton, Hendon Hooker, and Harrison Bailey for Josh Heupel, and here were his comments 
We apologize for the press conference audio, but here was his comments about how his offense performed in their first scrimmage on Thursday. Offensively, uh, showed glimpses of those things, didn't string it together um, the way that we want to or need to. Um, but a, a lot of things that we'll be able to learn from here as we, as we move forward. And, and uh, you know, you look at it and we're halfway through training camp here and, and uh, got to keep pushing. So for, for Joe, <coughs> excuse me, and, and Hendon and for Harrison, you know, some of it's tough because you're not in a live situation. Are they going to make a play? Are going to be able to get out of the pocket? Those types of, of scenarios. But I thought all of them did a great job of, of taking care of the football. We're efficient in, in calling it. For the most part, uh, I thought their decision making and you know what we're doing in the run game and, and controlling the pass game too was was pretty solid. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think offensively we collectively strung things together the way that we need to. Uh, some of that is just 11 guys all doing their job at a really high level. It's not one position, one guy. Uh, it was a little bit of everything at, at all points in it. Um, through the first seven days, I, I thought all those guys have competed really well and really been sound decision makers. You got to be able to string things together, and, and uh, we've seen that throughout uh, training camp. Uh, today, you didn't see it consistently at the level that we certainly want it to be, uh, but absolutely feel like our guys are continuing to progress as we've gone through camp. There, there's some really good things out there from today, too. At, at times, we didn't play as efficiently uh, in, in the mechanics of, of playing with tempo, um, but some of that's getting the first first down, too. And, and uh, you know, early in, in the scrimmage, there were a couple three and outs, but. Uh, collectively as a whole, um, the way that we operate on the offense side of the ball, overall pleased with uh, with what we're doing. I don't know about you guys, but that does not sound like a happy Josh Heupel with the level of efficiency and consistency and stringing things together or their lack of ability to do that uh, up in Knoxville. Just one practice, just one scrimmage, but it was probably the best look Josh Heupel and his staff have gotten at his three quarterbacks, and they split reps all three ways. We shall see as the quarterback turns in the 865. Nashville SC is back on the pitch Sunday night. Once again, one of the last matches of the weekend, 6 p.m. at Nissan Stadium against D.C. United, fifth and sixth place in the standings, so a huge match for playoff seating. Of course, coming off the worst performance of their season against Miami, I cannot wait to see what their attitude looks like. Certainly being back at home where we know Nashville SC is a much better club, more aggressive, what does this team's body language, attitude, demeanor look like knowing that they just played their worst match of the entire season? They took two total points in three road matches. Two of those games, Toronto and Miami, were two of the worst teams in the entire conference. Sure, they played well against New England with a depleted roster, but they executed a strategy last week and it did not work. What do they do next? What is their response to that performance? DC United, Nissan Stadium, 6 p.m. Sunday evening. We will find out what this team is made of. They do not have enough home matches left on the schedule to continue to take draws at home. They need three points. They need results, in particular at home. It is going to be a fascinating watch on Sunday evening. The 440 is brought to you every single day by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They're an award-winning group that's been doing work in this market for over a decade for a reason. They are trustworthy. Go to the website, buildkg.com, give them a call, talk with them about your home, and let them create something that you not only love, but that will make you money as well. Buildkg.com is the website. That's the Kingston Group. Thank you guys all, of course, for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show, do all that good stuff. We really, really appreciate it and are very grateful. Kick your heels up as usual. Have a cocktail, maybe two or three. 
I've give, I'm giving you permission to have a third cocktail this weekend. Just go ahead and do that. Thank you guys again all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. This has been the 444 Friday, August 13th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.